all sound amazing, by the way. <laughs> hey, we're, again, glad you're here today, and everything is kind of this virtual world, so hug your family. We're giving you high fives all around, virtual high fives. Just connect and say hi to one another in your own little group. <laughs>
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're so glad you're joining us uh, via live stream. And uh, it's a good place to be today. It's a really good place to be today. We have a lot to celebrate. Um, today is the 30th anniversary of Southwoods Christian Church. Confetti. Confetti. Horns, right? We're trying to have a big celebration here, but we can't really. So, uh, But it's a big deal, it's, and uh, we're glad that you are here for that, and we have some great things coming later. Um, Want to draw your attention to a few things. Our 90 Days of Awesome is still going, and as I've said the last few weeks, we're finding really creative ways to make sure that that awesomeness still goes forward, and one of those happens this week. You'll be receiving an email uh, with a link to join Pastor Greg and Lori um, for our on Thursday the 9th for our Let's Remember. More details will come about that. You will join in online virtually, and uh, they'll be walking us through the Seder. And so uh, it's a great opportunity for you and your family, you, um, to join in. So um, if you have questions about how to do that from a connection standpoint, uh, maybe call the church. We can try to walk you through it, but it should be pretty self-explanatory. So reserve Thursday night. You're not doing anything anyway. So reserve Thursday night to be with us for Let's Remember. As always, we want to encourage you to stay connected to one another. We've kind of been saying this every week. Stay connected. Reach out to somebody um, in, a in your life group or just anybody you know to say, hey, I'm here. I'm still thinking about you, and I can't wait to see you in person one day, right? We also want to make sure you stay invested. Uh, make sure you are continuing to support Southwood so that we can support other missions that, and, and ministry partners that so desperately need that resource. Um, so again, you can do that online where you are now in the Give button. You can mail it into church. You can also drop it by sometime, okay? Um, later, we're going to do communion just like we have every other week. So again, you have a minute to go grab some water, cracker, juice, whatever you have to share in that with us a little bit later on, okay? <clears throat> we are going to share a song with you this morning, and um, you've probably heard it. It was released about a week ago, and it was actually written by Carrie Job, her husband, Cody Carnes, uh, Chris Brown, who's a worship leader at Elevation, and then Steve Hartick, their, um, their pastor. And uh, they talked about this song, and they had been in a writing session for hours, and nothing was coming to them. And finally, it just kind of hit them like a ton of bricks. <laughs> and they, straight from Scripture, felt God gave these words to them, and that we needed to hear right now um, that God has you, and God has the church, and his goal is that we all understand that he wants to bless us, to bless us and our families. And this song is appropriately called The Blessing. And it is straight from Scripture. And as Carrie Job said, she's like, it's just this blessing from God over us as his children. So we're going to sing it this morning. Um, you might want to take a knee <laughs> or just kind of dive into prayer during some of this. We'll try to contain our excitement because it's an emotional and wonderful song. So uh, sit back, uh, sing it if you know it, and we pray that God shows his blessing to you and your family and your children.
Before you and behind you, 
Well, friends, we just want to remind you this morning that God is for you. He is for us. He's not against us. He's on our side. That's the very reason that many centuries ago, God instructed his people with these words in Scripture. Just look up on, on your screen. This is what the Scripture says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Friends, God told us that because he's for us, not because he's against us. He's for us. So if you would right now, we just want to invite you in your, your living room or wherever it is that you're watching this. We just want to invite you to bow your heads with us right now. We're going to join thousands and thousands of churches all over the world right now as they pray. We're kind of praying a united prayer, asking God to intervene on our behalf in this moment in time in history. So if you would just bow your heads and let's bring this, uh, this need before God's great and glorious throne of grace. This is the prayer. I'll be reading it. Just agree with me in your spirit. Oh, Lord, we come to you today in prayer, believing the promise in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that if we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, you'll hear our prayer, you'll heal our land. Our community, our nation, our world are in desperate need of your help, your comfort, your healing power. So Lord, we ask you right now to forgive us for turning our hearts away from you. Forgive us as your church, forgive us as your nation, as your people. Would you hear our cry today as we join with the body of Christ worldwide to seek your intervention in this COVID-19 crisis? Lord, would you strengthen our minds and emotions with the truth that you are greater than COVID-19? Would you guard our hearts from despair? Would you enable us to walk through this crisis in peace? Would you give us our daily bread and provide healing for the sick, protection for our medical personnel and first responders, protection for all of us, your people? Although this is a physical disease, O oh Lord, as believers, we know that there's a literal spiritual enemy who wants to take advantage of this moment for his purposes. So together as your people, we stand in faith and we put on the whole armor of God and we cling and hold fast to the promises of your word. Would you extinguish the fiery darts of panic and fear in us and in our land? Would you help us? to take up the shield of faith on behalf of our families and our churches and our cities and our nation and the nations of the world. Our hope is in you, O Lord. We look to you. Together we declare the promise in your word that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Because of that, we ask and pray this day in faith that COVID-19 will be eradicated and that your power, O oh Lord, your presence and salvation will fill the earth. And we ask, O oh God, that because of this, there might be a great and lasting awakening 
among all the peoples of the earth to your greatness and goodness, your mercy. The fact that you are the one and only true God and that you are for us, not against us. We thank you, O Lord, for hearing our prayers. We humbly ask all these things in the powerful, saving, merciful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody agreed with me wherever you are and said, amen, amen. Well, uh, thanks for praying with me. I just want to encourage you in the days ahead, uh, just keep praying the blessings of Psalm 91. You know, when we started this whole thing a few weeks ago, did some teaching from Psalm 91. I encourage you, if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to some of those, those uh, teachings that I did there. But just be praying for the blessings of Psalm 91 over our medical personnel, over our first responders, over one another. Um, that psalm, I believe, uh, Moses originally wrote it. God gave it to him, but Moses originally wrote it, penned it, I think, for, for moments like this. And uh, just to lean into that, I just want to invite you to do that. And and I want to introduce you to somebody that maybe you haven't seen in a little while. This is my lovely wife, Lori. And 30 years ago when Southwood started, she was the very first person to agree to help start Southwoods. <laughs> yes. None of this would be here if it wasn't for her agreement. And so, uh, so I thank you and I love you, honey. I'm love just, you too. just thank ask you, you to share a little bit uh, from your heart just yeah, about this. Day. Well, good morning. Good morning, Southwoods, and happy anniversary. 30 years, can you believe it? For 30 years, we've been about assuring you opportunities to know God, to uh, become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, and to discover God's purpose for your life. And I've loved Anniversary Sunday. For 30 years, we've paused every Anniversary Sunday to tell stories and to give glory to God for what he has done in this place and in the lives of those who have been a part of this church. And this Sunday is no different, except that it is. <laughs> It's very, very different, isn't it? You're feeling it in your home. You're feeling it in your schools. You're feeling it in your church. You're feeling it in our nation. We're feeling it in our world. COVID-19 has changed everything, just about everything. I remember just a few weeks ago that we had such exciting plans for you, 90 days of awe. We were going to gather together as a church family, and we excitedly rolled out those plans to you. And every single one of our activities began with the word let's. Let's skate. Let's eat. Let's picnic. Let's remember. Let's rejoice. Let's celebrate. Let's eat again. Let's get together. Let's get together. Let's get together as a church family and celebrate all that God has done for 30 years here at Southwoods. And now we cannot be together. We have to be six feet apart, or in some cases, we're miles apart from one another. You might say that our plans have changed. Our plans have changed as a church. Our plans have changed as a country. Our plans have changed as a world. But you know, I was thinking about it earlier this week. We're actually in very good company because I was thinking uh, about the Bible and the people of the Bible and how many of them had plans in their lives that regularly changed 
And yet in the midst of those crises, in the midst of that upheaval, their faith remained constant. First guy I thought of was Abraham. You know Abraham. Think about him for just a moment. At 75 years old, he was just settling into retirement when God said, I've got an idea. In Genesis 12, he said, I'd love for you to leave your country, leave your relatives, leave your family, and go to a place I'll show you. And then when you get there, I'll make of you a great nation, and I'll give you a son. And the Bible tells us that Abraham went. He went over 600 miles, leaving everything that was familiar to him. And then he waited for over 25 years for that promised son, Isaac, to come. I don't think Abraham had planned on either of those things. And yet, when we think of Abraham, what do we think of? We call Abraham a man of faith. The man of faith. Another guy I thought about was Joseph. A young guy, just 17 years old, loved by his father, but hated by his brothers. And the Bible tells us that he was sold into slavery, landed in a pit, was falsely accused, quarantined in prison for year after year after year, nearly forgotten. And I don't think any of those things were on his plans as well. You might say his plans had changed. And yet, when we talk about Joseph, what do we remember? We remember his famous words in Genesis 50, 20, where he says, Brothers, you intended to harm me in all of this, but God, but God intended it for good, for the saving of many, many souls. I also think about Job. A whole book of the Bible is devoted to this guy. He had it all, a lovely wife, a beautiful family, lots of financial security, some pretty good friends. And just like that, it all went away. This whole book of the Bible of Job is dedicated to the incredible journey of this man and how he faithfully, patiently endured the crisis. In fact, we look often to Job as a call for patient endurance. We look often to Job to help us understand that there can be hope, there can be restoration. Or what about Esther? A lot of you know her story, a young Jewish woman literally torn away from her home torn away from her family, and she became none less than the queen of Persia, the queen of Persia. And we know that this wasn't her plan, but it was God's plan. She had no idea that that's what God had in mind for her. And yet when we look at her story and how she handled that battle, we say, what a courageous woman. She inspires us to rise up for such a time as this. Again and again and again throughout the pages of the Old Testament and New Testament, we see men and women who responded with the faith of Abraham, the obedience of Joseph, the patience of Job, and the courage of a young woman named Esther. Friends at Southwoods, our plans have changed. Our plans have changed like the world around us. And yet, there is something that we can do. We can respond like these men and women of old with courage and with faith and with patience and with inspiration. I want to remind you this morning of one thing that they knew that we also know, and that is this, that our unchanging God is ever-present. We've been singing about it this morning. We've been worshiping about it this morning. He is a rock 
the Bible describes him as. He is a fortress. He is a strong tower. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And here's my prayer for us Southwoods. As we have every anniversary for 30 years and we gather together to give God the glory for the things that he has done in our lives through this church, it's my prayer that this year, more than ever, at this 30-year milestone in the midst of these changing plans, in the midst of this upheaval of our world, that we would do two things. And the two things are these. I would ask us to respond with an unwavering faith in God, our unchanging God. Let us respond with faith in an unwavering God. And let us be the church by demonstrating unstoppable love unstoppable love for one another and for those around us in our neighborhoods, those that we work with, those that we know, those that we love. Let's respond with un unwavering faith and unstoppable love. I pray that it will be said of this church like it is said of Abraham and all these people that we just talked about, that when their plans changed, their faith grew. This is a tremendous opportunity for us Southwoods, and we celebrate today all that God has done for 30 years, and we look forward, we look forward to gathering together here again with each of you. Please know that we're praying for you. Please know that we love you. Please know that we are here and that we want to just continue to be here for you. We celebrate with you. Happy anniversary, Southwoods. We love you. Well, thank you, honey. Appreciate uh, appreciate you sharing a little bit, and I thought people would probably enjoy seeing your face since you yes. were stuck in Ohio for a while. And I have to tell you, I've been very happy to see her face. <laughs> so that's, that's it. Um, you know, as Lori mentioned, uh, one of the highlights around Southwoods for lots of years has just been the testimonies that people share of the difference that God's made in their lives since coming here. And in that respect, this year will be no different. Uh, we it'll be a little different in the 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 delivery mechanism, uh, but, uh, but the spirit of it is very much the same. And so for the next few moments, we're going to listen to uh, uh, the testimonies of a few people who came uh, connected with Tom earlier in the week to record some of their thoughts and uh, share with us uh, just the difference that God's made in their lives since finding Southwoods, or in one case, growing up at Southwoods. So I just encourage you to listen close as Dolores Taylor shares one of the very first people to connect with us uh, back before there was a service, before there was anything going on. And uh, she's going to be followed by Greg Alton, who's been connected with us from way back in the beginning days. Michael and Debbie Robinson, who are here on opening day. And then Ellie Hildebrand is going to share after him, who uh, has grown up and never known any place other than Southwoods, because uh, she's been a part of this uh, since her birth. And uh, so just for the next few minutes, as you listen to them share of the difference God has made in their life since coming here, I just invite you to just listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he has something to say to you through one of their stories. Uh, i got a feeling he, he will because he does that every year. So bless you as you listen to these friends of Southwoods. My name is Dolores Taylor, and I'm the oldest living charter member of Southwoods. Greg has asked me to share with you how Southwoods has made a difference in my life. But I want to share with you first a little background about how I came to be here. My husband David and I were attending Olathe Christian Church 
where he was teaching an adult Sunday school class. The Kansas Evangelizing Association began planning to plant a new congregation in South Overland Park. Members of our family got involved in that startup and members of our OCC class got involved in helping with the telephone campaign. Dave signed up as a telephone worker and I signed with helping prepare meals for the workers. Somewhere during that process, Greg asked our kids if they thought we might be interested in joining in the startup of the new congregation since he knew we'd had several years of experience in new church work in the Chicago area. And so it all began for us. Although there are many ways too numerous to mention, Southwoods has made a difference in my life. I have chosen to focus on small groups or more aptly named life groups. I'd like to share a passage of scripture that most of you are familiar with that inspires the concept of life groups for me. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You will notice that the verbs in this passage give us the, the followers their marching orders, go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. While Greg and the staff do a great job with those first three, we all get in on the act in the fourth one when we join in on the life groups. We help each other do life. We study the scriptures and in our discussions, we teach each other. We pray and share our prayer needs. We share our burdens and our joys and we'd enjoy each other's company. Over the last several years, I have experienced great loss and disappointment, and the aging process makes coping more difficult. The people in my life group have provided invaluable support. It's such a help to have friends who you can call day or night, who will pray for you and be there for you and encourage you. I'd like to encourage you to give this a try if you're not already part of a life group. Uh, good morning, all. Uh, welcome to day whatever of uh, quarantine time. Uh, happy anniversary, although uh, this is not like any other anniversary Sunday uh, we've ever had before. 
Um, I got to say that I'd almost prefer talking to uh, being in front of all of you in this room rather than making a video. Uh, Tom has assured me the camera loves me, um, but I'm not too sure. Um, special good morning to all my Club 45 kids out there, both past and present. Uh, I miss you, miss seeing you in person. Uh, hopefully you are getting uh, all your schoolwork done and helping your parents uh, during this time. Many of you know me out there, but some may not. Uh, let me start by saying that I am a sinner saved by grace. Uh, I am the husband of Robin. I am the dad of three daughters, Mally, Landry, and Henley. And I am the fourth and final son to Virtus and Patricia Alton. And last but not least, I am the brother of Jeff Alton. I grew up in Olathe and have worked there as a dentist the last 16 years. My family currently lives in Lee Summit, where my wife is originally from. Now that you know a little about me, we can get to the question Greg asks on Anniversary Sunday. What is the difference God has made in my life since coming to Southwoods? Well, a lot. Uh, how much time do we have? Uh, thankfully, I will only focus on a couple this morning. My kids will be happy about that. The fact is, I've been participating regularly around here for about 20 years, and that is half my life. And really, because of my brother's involvement in, uh, from the beginning here at Southwoods, uh, I have been around the people of Southwoods for 30 years. So I'm going to tweak Greg's question just a little. He's not here, so he can't stop me. Uh, I'm going to tell you the difference God has made in my life since knowing the people of Southwoods. Because we all know now more than ever that the church is more than a steeple. It is the people. So I'll start with Greg and Lori. I've always found them easy to talk with and easy to listen to. I can remember from the beginning hearing sermons from Greg or lessons from Lori that just resonated with me. There are countless things over the years I've learned from them through that have made me a better person. I'm so glad I've been able to know them for 30 years. God has made a difference in my life because of them. And there are others, past and present, who have uh, impacted me. People I have been in groups with or served with that have enhanced my life. I think of Jackie Rogers, Dave Taylor, Dan Taylor, the Leemings, the Olers, Paul Hildebrand, Chris Kidd, Sean and Deanne Stewart, the Murrays, Wade and Sonia Wright, the Priests, the Irwins, the Morals, Mike Robinson, Kirk Cogleiser, my brother, Randy Erickson, Jeff Wassinger, Cody Shepard, Mike Naster, the Burks, Adam and Laura Shank, and Chris and Shiloh McKinney. I'm sure there are others I have left out, and I'm saying, and I'm sorry if I've missed anyone, but God has made a difference in my life because of you. And there is one other uh, family I need to give special mention to because they probably changed my life the most. Uh, that family is the Gibsons. They are no longer here, but Jill Gibson introduced me to my wife about 18 years ago. And let me say that having a godly woman by your side in your life uh, makes a huge difference. 
she and our kids have impacted my life significantly, and God has truly blessed me. There's one more thing I'd like to share about how God has made a difference in my life because of Southwoods. I grew up in the church and have godly parents. If Southwoods was not here, I would still know God. Uh, I would still know Jesus. Uh, I'd still be serving. But I may not have known the significance of Israel's feasts had it not been from, for Southwoods' emphasis on Israel these past several years. There have been trips planned to Israel. There have been Seder meals here at the church. Uh, there have been studies on the feasts. And learning about the connections to Jesus and events in the early church uh, with these feasts, feasts that have been celebrated by Jews for thousands of years, uh, makes me realize how much God has thought everything out. There's nothing haphazard with God. He doesn't just make things up as he goes along. Uh, we as humans don't always understand, but God has a plan, and that plan is good. And during a time like this, uh, where times are not so certain, uh, this gives me great comfort and hope. And that definitely makes a difference in my life. And that's really all I got. Uh, let me close with this. I am grateful for the people of Southwoods, past and present. Uh, the things I've learned and the experiences I've had, God has made a difference in my life because of them and because of you. Uh, my hope for the next 30 years is that all of us will make a difference in the lives of those around us. Thank you. Well, good morning, Southwoods. Michael and Debbie Robinson. And we are so happy to be able to celebrate our 30th anniversary together. Happy anniversary. At Southwoods. Even though we can't be physically together, we actually are together, virtually. We are. And doing our 30th anniversary um, is an exciting thing to do. It's amazing to think about as you look back over all the years and all the friends that we've made and all the things that our life that we've been through in our life to uh, up to this point. And we would credit Southwoods with so much of that. You know, when we first uh, joined Southwoods back in 1990, in fact, we were one of the first attenders on April 8th of that mm -hmm. year. Remember? Yes. And um, at that time, our life was kind of broken. We weren't really doing well. Our marriage was on the rocks, so to speak. And thanks to Greg and Lori for planting this church. And, and we were one of the first couples that was called to participate in that first, um, first service. Uh, our lives have been turned around and been so blessed because of the church. And, and the legacy that it's created, helped to create for our family. and Yes, our, our children came to Southwoods. Mm -hmm. We were all baptized at Southwoods. Um, now our grandchildren. Now grandchildren. And That's uh, promise being fulfilled right when we can see it. <laughs> yes. About legacy and generations. And, and there'll be future generations, I'm sure. You yes. Know? And because those seeds were planted back in 1990, you know, it's 
our family is growing in Christ generation after generation after generation. Right. The other uh, thing planted that day were uh, eternal friendships. We have a lot of Because a lot friends. of the people that came that day um, we became friends with and they are still uh, part of our lives. They still love us. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. They didn't learn after 30 years. <laughs> That's right. And, and we're going to be kingdom dwellers together. Oh, we will all be in heaven together because of this church. Because of the vision that God planted in Greg and Lori's hearts right. to start this. You know, they took a big risk of coming to Overland Park on faith. So Southwoods is a cornerstone of faith. And it's kind of cool to see how that plan worked out and to see the yeah. fruition of it and how it continues to yeah. be blessed and favored. That's right. No, it's just amazing. So we, we are so thankful for you. We're thankful for um, how God has worked in all of our lives. And uh, it's not always been easy. Uh, it's not been easy for us. We've gone through some very difficult times. We've had health issues, diagnoses, diseases and sickness. We Financial. Financial crisis, more than one. And uh, the Lord just leads us through all of that. And uh, we always come through that and come out of that better than, better than we were before. We're never alone, and that is... Uh never more uh, important to remember than right now during this outbreak of COVID-19. You know, I think one of the things, honey, that I would be thankful for is we have no fear. Debbie and I have talked about this in the house here as we've been self-quarantining. and We have no fear of this COVID-19 or, or anything because of our faith. And we, we have a, a, a father that has provided faithful promises to us, and we can count on that. That he will take us and bring us through times of difficulty, like what we're experiencing right now. So even though we're not together on a Sunday morning in the church, we are together in spirit. We are together through technology. Mm -hmm. And we are all going to come through this just fine as well, because that's the kind of God we serve. <laughs> so we just want to wish you all a happy anniversary. We are so thankful for the church. We're thankful for all of you. Greg and Lori, we're especially thankful for you and all that you've done for us. And may we enjoy 30 more years of doing life together. Bye-bye. Happy, Happy anniversary. anniversary. Hello, I'm Ellie Hiltebrand. Greg asked me to talk about the difference Southwoods has made in my life, and that was a difficult question because Southwoods has always been in my life. So I thought I would talk about me growing up in the church and how different my life has been than it could have been. Um, when I was a kid, my dad worked here, and most of my Saturdays were spent vacuuming each singular chair and going through and picking up trash and just little jobs that five-year-old Ellie could do. Um, I also was in Celebration Station right when I hit uh, kindergarten, and at that time, Jared was our youth leader. He was the most energetic youth pastor I think I've ever had, and he just loved what he did, and it was great to be a part of that. We also had BBS, which was the greatest week of the summer. The games, the snacks, the singing, it was awesome. The skits, they were great. Um, I also 
uh, would steal chocolate animal crackers with my best friend Liz, and that's where our relationship started to grow. As I got older, I started to join Club 45 with Mike Naster and Jeff Wassinger, who I already knew pretty well, um, being around here as much as I was and being best friends with Jeff's daughter. Um, they really started to introduce baptism into our lives at that time, and they were very open to all of our questions and all that stuff. I ended up getting baptized when I was 10 years old, and it was truly one of the greatest days of my life. Um, I hit middle school, and I started to realize the difference between people I went to school with and then my youth group people. And I, no matter what happened at school that week, I knew that I could go to church on Sunday and have peace and be with the people that I, I love. Uh, that's also when um, my anxiety started. I would be terrified that I couldn't eat because I would choke. I couldn't get in the car with anyone that I didn't trust. And that's also when Cody Shepard was our, started to be our youth pastor. And we went on a Believe trip and he drove down there, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to die because Cody Shepard is like the fastest driver out there. And then at the end of the trip, he ended up being one of the people that I trust the most in my life and that still holds today. Um, high school, it started to be about a cute boy, which is kind of disappointing, but <laughs> that was mostly freshman year. And then my anxiety started to be about my future and about my friendships and relationships and it was just all over the place. But at the end of the week, I would come here and on Wednesdays during refuge, I would come here and that was my peace. Southwoods was my peace. Um, I became closer with Liz, my best friend, Lauren Alton, Katie Jones. They really held me down. They, they kept me in line, and I did the same for them. Um, sophomore year, my life kind of changed. I had a friend of mine die, and that just that really put a damper on things. In junior year, I had a friend kill herself, and then senior year was probably the one that hurt me the most. My friend was shot. And um, I talked about how I separated school from church and how school in that location was school in that location and nothing bad happened in Olathe. That was in my mind. And my friend ended up getting shot in Olathe. And I went to church the next day and I was telling my youth group about it and they said, well, that's what happens when you live in Bonner Springs. And I hadn't really felt that type of anger before and I... I wanted to get out of there. I didn't want to be here. And I just separated myself from the youth group. And I found myself in a pretty dark place. And I just, I didn't know what to do. All I had was the people that I had surrounded myself with in Bonner. And I really didn't come here anymore. And then one day, my Bible app did, gave me the verse of the day. And I can't remember what specific one it was, but it was about forgiveness. And it's like, all the situations I just read to you about, you know, Celebration Station, being baptized, all that stuff, just like, was like a video in my mind and I just went over it and I was like, this is my family. This is my family and you forgive family and family messes up. And I think that a lot of people think of this as just a gathering, but I think, I like to think of it as a family gathering and I like to, and so I, came back and I kind of got involved with the youth group again and 
everything was fine. And um, I think a lot of people don't understand how close we really are. And growing up with these people has been incredible. And I don't know where I would be without Southwoods. My life would be very different and much worse. <laughs> and I wanted to thank Greg, and I wanted to thank Jackie, and Cody, and Jared, even though he's not going to see this, for raising me in here, and Jeff Wassinger, and Mike Naster, and my parents, of course, for just realizing that I was going to grow up here, and that we are really a family. So thank you for that. You know, we're so grateful for uh, all that God has done in the lives of the people of Southwoods over the years, and he's done some amazing things. We thank each of these individuals who've shared, and, and I know that there are many others of you who, uh, who uh, in your heart, you know, could resonate with things that have been said by these folks. But as important as what God has done in the past has been, what I want to remind you of in this moment is that God's best work at Southwoods is just beginning. I want to share with you uh, something interesting in Scripture. Uh, you may not know this, but Genesis 41 says this about Joseph, uh, the son of Jacob, who went into captivity. It says in Genesis 41, Joseph took charge at this point in time in his life of the entire land of Egypt, the Bible says. And it goes on and says, he was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh the king of Egypt. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1, says this, Saul, you remember Saul, the very first king of Israel? It says Saul was 30 years old when he became king of Israel. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 4, says this about David, who was the most celebrated king of Israel. Listen to what it says. David was 30 years old when he began to reign over Israel. I want you to notice what Luke chapter 3, verse 23 says. Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. Do you see a pattern? Do you see a pattern in this? On this 30th anniversary, you and I need to celebrate everything that's happened in the past. But we need to understand something about the pattern of God. And that is the best is just ahead of us. It really is. Because from his worldview, it's like we're finally grown up. We finally reach maturity. We're finally at a point where we can begin to be and do more fully the things that he has planned in his heart all along for us to someday be able to do. We've come of age, you might say. It makes me think of the words of the Apostle Paul when he speaks to the Philippian church. He says in Philippians 1.6, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You and I have been blessed to be a part of everything that's taken place in the past, but we are even more blessed to be a part of things right now and to be able to be a part of all that God has in store for us in the days and years ahead until that time when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. 
And we have one person to thank for all of that. It's not Greg and Lori. It's not an eldership. It's not somebody who sits in a blue chair. Or it's, not, it's not Tom who facilitates all of this electronically. No, it, we have one person to thank, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself, because it was his sacrifice 2,000 years ago that set all of this in motion. You know, Jesus stepped down from his throne in the heavens and he clothed himself. You know, you think of putting a bathrobe on yourself, you know, uh, you know, he clothed himself with flesh and he became one of us, flesh and blood like you and me, so that he could live the life that God dreamed of us living but we were incapable of because of sin. And he clothed himself so that he could die the death that we deserved for the sins that we have committed. He became our substitute. God became angry. He turned his face away from his own son and poured out his wrath on him on the cross so that you and I could get a pass, so that we could have the opportunity of knowing that though we're sinners, there's a God in heaven that has mercy to show us, and he has mercy to show us because he punished Jesus. He received our punishment, and we get to receive the blessing and honor and favor that he was deserved. And it all, is just, it was, all begins when you and I put our faith in him, when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning... You can look heavenward and just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you've done. I give my life to you. Cleanse me. Thank you for your suffering on my behalf. I receive that forgiveness, that cleansing that you made available to me. Here I am. Fill me. I'm yours. If you just turn your heart to God in that way, he will hear from heaven. He will forgive your sin. He will heal your soul. Because that's what he came to do. Southwoods has been trying to communicate that for 3,000, 3, 30 years. It's a message that's been going on for a couple of thousand years, but 30 years we've been trying to communicate that. And so grateful for all of us whose lives have been changed because we've embraced that. And this morning as we share in the Lord's Supper together, even though we're remote, distant locations, as you eat the bread and as you drink the juice, remember, remember, every good thing that's a part of our lives is because of that sacrifice, what those, what those emblems remind us of, the death, the shed blood, the life of Jesus given that we might receive life. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for us and then... Uh, then you'll have some time just to take a few moments to be still and pray and talk to God and, and receive the cleansing that he wants to give you and you honor him for all that he's done for you. Okay, let's bow our heads together. Father, thank you that you have loved us. Your love is undying. It's amazing the way that you love us. And as we pray right now, we honor and remember the sacrifice you made. You clothed yourself. You took off your robe of righteousness and clothed yourself in our sin on the cross, Lord Jesus. You punished Jesus, Father, that we might receive blessing and honor 
and salvation, new life through what he did. As we take this bread and eat it and as we drink the juice, we remember the price he paid. And with gratitude, we declare before you that we're not worthy, but we honor the one who is, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of all mankind and all who will put their faith and trust for forgiveness in him. He's promised to cleanse. So we just declare that again this day, our faith in him, and we thank you. Meet with us in these moments. This is our prayer, and we lift it together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
We'd like to invite you into worship. Just one last song to close the day. Um, appropriately uh, named Worthy is the Lamb after all we've heard today. And it sets the tone for the week to come. And uh, we're excited to see you back here next Sunday. Um, and hopefully this song kind of resonates in your heart um, all week long. Uh, so join us in worship and then we'll close in prayer and we'll finish for today, okay?
was brought forth with the church and that has continued over the years that it has. Lord, that has continued on through the, through the foundation of Southwoods. And Lord, I believe will continue to grow. Lord, we are at 30 years. What a thing to celebrate. And we thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. And Lord, we pray that you continue to bless the works that, the things that come out of this church. Because Lord, we want it to be, we want it to be upon you. We want it to be resonating with your heart. Lord, help us, make us the people that you want us to be, to, to go out, to send give ourselves to you fully, to give the message of life to everyone around us, that even more may know about your love. In Jesus' name, amen.